We need to talk about the rule of law. A podcast by Verfassungsblock and Deutscher Anwaltsverein. We need to talk about judicial nominations. You don't have to cross the Atlantic and look at the US Supreme Court and the battle about Trump's nominee Amy Coney Barrett to see what is at stake. The judiciary may be as independent as can be, but who gets to be a part of it? Who gets promoted to which court? And who enters the highest ranks within the judiciary? That decision has to be taken by someone, and a lot depends on who that someone is. Controlling judicial nominations is one of the key elements in all authoritarian takeover strategies which have been implemented in recent years in Poland and Hungary and elsewhere. And this is what I will discuss with our three distinguished guests today. I will talk to Joanna Etnarowicz-Sikora, a judge at the District Court of Słupsk in northern Poland, and a member of the board of the Independent Judges Association's Justitia. I will talk to Christiane Schmalz, a judge at the highest German civil and criminal court, the Bundesgerichtshof. And I will talk to Filippo Donati, who is a professor of constitutional law at the University of Florence, a lay member of the Concilio Superiore della Magistratura of Italy, and since June of this year, the president of the European Network of Councils of the Judiciary. My name is Max Steinmeis. I am the editor of Verfassungsblog, and you're listening to our new podcast, We Need to Talk About the Rule of Law, produced together with the German Bar Association Deutsche Anwaltschaft. Now, Judge Hednarowicz, let's start for obvious reasons, with Poland. In a nutshell, what has happened with respect to judicial nominations? What has this been the state before and what's the state now? Well, in a really uh, nutshell, I would uh, like to say that uh, for now, we've got over uh, 700 vacancies, open seats uh, for judicial posts uh, in Poland. Judges in Poland, uh, in many places, the judges who disagree with the new construction of uh, nomination of judges uh, boycott official calls for nominations uh, for free posts. They just don't participate in the proceedings. The other group of judges participate in the nomination process uh, just to challenge uh, the decision taken by the National uh, Council for Judiciary in, in this matter. And uh, in these decisions, uh, judges uh, question the legality of the nomination uh, process and the legality of uh, the construction of new construction of uh, the National Council of Judiciary itself. Those judges uh, who decide to take free posts uh, are pretty often linked uh, to new presidents of courts. They've got also links to the Ministry of Justice and they give uh, guarantees that they will be loyal and subordinate. Well, that is the uh, situation for now. As you see, uh, the changes in, in composition and, and uh, functioning uh, the nomination process in Poland impacts a lot a situation of common courts in every region in Poland. We've got less and less judges and more and more work. Plus, we have to uh, deal with the situation when among us, among judges, there are judges whose status is uh, questionable because they just took their posts uh, in this uh, new nomination process 
involving the new uh, National Council for Judiciary. This new nomination process you mentioned, this new uh, uh, National Council of the Judiciary, what is that about? Uh, what is new about it? Well, uh, first let me uh, explain the general rule uh, according to which judges are elected in Poland. Uh, the mechanism is very simple. The president of Poland uh, appoints judges uh, of every level of uh, judiciary for an uh, indefinite period. Uh, this is done upon a, mo a motion of the National Council of the Judiciary. Court judges in Poland are nominated uh, by uh, the National Council of the Judiciary and are appointed for life by uh, the President of Poland. This uh, rule applies to, uh, to judges of common courts of every level of the Polish judiciary. In this process, um, the essential uh, task uh, is the National Council of the Judiciary. As we probably uh, all know, the National Council of the Judiciary is to protect uh, the independence uh, of the judiciary in general. Uh, this, this is uh, its role established by the Constitution of Poland to uh, assure that uh, there is, uh, that this, uh, this rule uh, is uh, guaranteed. The members of uh, the National uh, Council of the Judiciary cannot uh, be chosen only Uh, by the executive and uh, legislative powers. And it is also assigned in Polish constitution. And meanwhile, in December uh, 2017, uh, the parliament adopted uh, a number of important legislative uh, changes um, related to the National Council of the Judiciary. And this way, uh, the law changed totally and uh, the checks uh, and balance rule uh, was broken Uh, when it uh, comes to the composition of the uh, National Council for the Ju Judiciary. The most controversial, uh, controversial uh, were the new rules uh, on the composition of the uh, NCJ, which forced uh, the premature termination, uh, termination of the fourth year term of office of the uh, judges' members and policied, uh, politicized uh, the election of new members of the new council. Now... 15 members uh, of uh, the National Council of the Judiciary who are uh, supposed to be judges, and they are nominated uh, by uh, the members of the Polish Parliament. Plus, uh, Polish Parliament uh, also has a right uh, to uh, assign to other members, three other members uh, of uh, the National Council of the Judiciary ex officio. So, in this way, most of the members of the National Council of the Judiciary is now recruited by uh, the, the parliament. And the parliament is executive powers, legis legislative powers. So uh, this situation, this radical legislative reform enacted uh, at the end of uh, the 2017 uh, brought uh, serious consequences. Uh, the changes appear to have negative effect and uh, prevent the proper performance of the rule of law, uh, of, of the role um, entrusted to the Council of the Judiciary in, Polis, in Poland. And um, moreover, the nomination process has changed. They changed the, um, the way the National Council for the Judiciary Uh, nominates uh, judges and, and uh, leads the procedure uh, of, of uh, nominating. Uh, 
the new uh, appointment mechanism introduces uh, introduces a domination of uh, political powers, as I uh, as I said, but also it's not transparent. And uh, we, um, the new National uh, Council for Judiciary, has failed, in fact, uh, to implement appropriate standards in the re recruitment procedure uh, for judicial uh, posts. The substantive assessment is actually minimized, and uh, the selection is neither fair nor reliable. Uh, the National Judiciary Council is not obliged uh, to take an opinion of the judicial environment uh, into consideration while nominating the candidates for judicial posts. And the following changes of the new law on common uh, courts practic uh, practically eliminated any impact of the community of judges on this nomination process. Now the opinion of the General Assembly of Judges of uh, Regional Courts uh, is no longer needed uh, in the process of nomination of new judges. The only body which is competent to give its composition, uh, its, its opinion about new candidates is a college of a regional court. And the interesting thing is that colleges are now composed uh, mostly of presidents of lower courts of the region. And... <laughs> Another interesting thing is that uh, the presidents of most of the common courts in Poland were dismissed from their offices, uh, office by the Minister of Justice in the early 2018. And uh, new, loyal and subordinated presidents were appointed uh, by the Minister of Justice. This means that uh, the procedure applied uh, in this uh, uh, nomination process lacks uh, the declared transparency at all. And it is totally impacted by the uh, legislative and by the executive. Right. And this questions a lot of status of new appointed judges. I see. Um, Judge Schmaltz, um, defenders of the, of the Polish government like to point to Germany and say, um, look, the German system is way worse than what we do. It's um, political control of judicial nominations all over the place. Um, is that true? Well, actually, when I, when I listened to my colleague from um, Poland, I took some notes and I thought, well, it's basically, well, a lot of points are actually also true for Germany. Um, so, we have a um, we have rather no transparency. We have a nomination proceeding which is dominated by um, by politics, and then we have an, on on the federal level. I'm only talking about the federal level because we have um, 16 different um, systems uh, in the states. And um, on the federal level, we have a we have a committee composed of basically all politicians to um, to elect the judges. And we have very little input from the um, from the judiciary itself on the candidates. Um, so what we have to look at first, perhaps, is um, that we have um, this this system is um, is provided for in our basic law in Article 95 of the of the basic law um, that deals with the federal courts. It says in its second paragraph, it says um, the judges of those courts shall be chosen jointly by the competent federal minister and a committee for the selection of judges consisting of the competent land ministers, state ministers, and an equal number of members elected by the Bundestag, by the parliament. But we do also have Article 33 in the basic law, 
which deals with equal citizenship and um, the public service, and which in its second paragraph um, provides that every German shall be uh, equally eligible for any public office according to his aptitude, qualifications, and professional achievements. This provision, of course, um, corresponds to a recommendation of the Committee of Ministers of the Council of Europe, um, according to which um, the selection of judges should be based on merit, having regard to qualifications, integrity, ability, and efficiency. But when you look at these two provisions, you can already see that the selection of federal judges in Germany is a combination of a selection on the basis of merit, but with an element of political election. Um, and we, when you look at the details, um, the problem, one of the problems is that only the federal minister and the members of the committee for the selection or election of judges can nominate candidates for the election. So you can't apply for the posts. You don't even know usually how many posts are open. And um, then the um, and the committee elects the judges in in private sec private sessions. They don't um, interview the candidates. They only have input from the so-called um, presidential councils, which are um, committees uh, instituted at the federal courts, um, which consists usually of the president's uh, president and the vice president and five elected judges. And those presidential councils interview the candidates and they thoroughly assess their qualifications. And um, they then issue a statement or an opinion on the qualifications. But of course, the election committee is not bound by that, um, by that opinion. And um, we don't really know whether they really consider this, um, this opinion. And then maybe one final point is that um, the lack of transparency is not only that you can't apply for the job and you don't really know how many posts are open, at least usually that's not publicly um, advertised. You only get a press um, press statement from the ministry saying that at this um, point, at that date, so-and-so many um, posts will be filled. But then the lists of the candidates are also not um, public. So the public or the press can't really, doesn't know who is on the list. They only know that at a certain date, there will be the election. And then after the election, there is a press statement issued by the ministry saying these people were elected. But of course, you can't really know whether they are good or not because you don't know who was in the pool. Okay. Um, just to add to this, um, uh, so there are problems with the, with, the, with the process, but do these problems uh, reach a degree where the actually, actually the integrity and, and, and the independence of the judiciary is compromised? Would you go as far as that? That's of course a very good point, which I which I should have should have should have added. That I believe, um, while I do criticize this um, this process, I believe that um, so far this has not uh, really endangered the uh, independence of the judiciary because we have this mixture of the element of um, of selection on the basis of merit and the political election. Um, and we do have, I believe, in Germany, a very long tradition of the um, tradition and culture of the rule of law and the independence of the judiciary. So that in the end, um, if you look at the 
candidates who are nominated and, and the candidates who are then chosen, that overall, um, we can say that there are qualified judges um, at the at the federal courts. But of course, um, with regard to the topic of our interview, of our podcast, um, there is, of course, a danger once um, or if at some point in time in Germany, the um, political majorities shifts, shift and um, then we might have the problem that one extremist party can basically push through all its candidates. Right. Um, Professor Donati, Italy is one of the countries which has a lot of experience um, of fighting between the judiciary and, and, and the government for decades now. You, as the president of the network of the council of councils of the judiciary in Europe, um, some countries have the, the um, more or less autonomous judicial councils, and and some uh, countries rely on parliamentary committees. Um, what would you say are the the pros and cons of these two models? Okay, um, and I believe uh, that each system has its advantages and its flaws. We have now heard about the Polish system where a council for the judiciary exists and but it's a it's a system with many flows and we have heard of the German system which is uh, based on the Minister of Justice model where you have a selection of candidates uh, uh, made uh, in a not transparent way But at the end of the day, Christian Schmalz told us the legal culture in the country uh, guarantees that uh, we that you have uh, judges um, independent and impartial. Of course, uh, there's an old saying in the U.S. Uh, according to which you shoot an arrow into a far distant future when you appoint a judge. So uh, it, it is not easy to find uh, perfect uh, systems. But I, I, would, I, I would say that uh, in, um, in um, the system of parliamentary committees is based, is based on the idea of democratic legitimization of judges, which is, you know, um, written uh, quite clearly uh, in the German constitution, the Grundgesetz states that each power uh, comes from the people and therefore must be democratically legitimized. The risk of uh, the parliamentary uh, committee's system is politicization. And, but we have to keep in mind that democratic legitimacy does not mean necessarily politicization. So representative institutions must play a role in the selection of judges by defining criteria and procedures for becoming uh, a judge. But uh, no interference by politics uh, can be allowed because a selection based on political reasons will end undermining the independence of judges and the appearance of independence of judges, which is uh, important as well. The Judicial Council model 
it has advantages clearly because it uh, helps to um, avoid politicization of judges' selections. But on the other hand, we have um, the Polish experience where the council is controlled by politicians. Council is appointed by the government party, uh, basically, and therefore it does not guarantee the independence uh, of judges selected. On the other way, uh, on the also councils were, which are nominated by peers, by judges, uh, may uh, determine risks because uh, in that case, judges' associations who have a role, a major role inside the council could somehow uh, influence the appointment of uh, judges. So uh, I would say that there is no magic formula on how judicial councils should be composed and on how uh, recruitment of judges should be made. Okay. Um, how, how does this work in, in, in Italy? I mean, Italy is famous for its, uh, for its uh, independent judiciary and its, its uh, fearless poise towards taking on the government. But then again, there, the, the Italian system has been criticized a lot um, for, for, for a number of issues. Um, how well does the Italian system work and what can other countries learn from it uh, in, in both directions? Okay, in, in Italy, selection of judges is made uh, through a competition. So you must be graduated in law, and there will there is a competition open, impartial, and candidates are chosen based on their legal skills and knowledge of the law. Uh, then you have a training uh, period. And uh, after that training, which lasts one year and a half, there is the formal appointment as a judge. So there cannot be any sort of influence in this phase by politics or by the Judicial Council. Uh, the Judicial Council instead decides on appointment to um, ethical positions president of courts, vice presidents, and so on. And critics in Italy are based on the fact that uh, inside the Judicial Council, uh, there are um, majority of, uh, the association of judges who um, may form a majority. So the idea is that sometimes or often, Uh, candidates are chosen not entirely because of their merits, but also because of some sort of connection to a given judges' association. So it's a, a different sort of politicization. It, it's let's say it it's a sort of politicization which which comes from inside the judiciary. So in this case, the judiciary can be seen as a self-referential body following its own logics, which of course uh, 
protects very much from interference from government and legislator, but uh, put our different kind of pressures uh, upon judges. Mm -hmm. Um, Judge Hetnarovic, this was exactly part of the the PR campaign of the of the uh, Polish government um, for the so-called judicial reform, portraying the judges as a case, a secluded and detached and self-serving part of society which has no ties to to, to what was really going on outside, um, and and basically um, a, a, a back scratching community, if you will. Um, um, why, why did that convince so many in Poland? Uh, before I answer that, uh, I would like to add something uh, to uh, to our uh, discussion. Because uh, in 2016, I attended the um, uh, exchange, uh, judges exchange in uh, Germany, in Hamburg. And uh, that moment, we had a great discussion about the process of nomination of judges in Germany and in Italy and in Poland, just like uh, now we have it, you know. And um, that was the first time I met, um, I had an occasion uh, to hear about uh, the process of nomination of judges in uh, Germany and in Italy. And as you probably know, in 2016, we were in total uh, different reality in Poland. And when I heard uh, my German colleagues speaking, I thought, oh, the system is odd. And uh, I really, those days, I thought that, you know, the mechanism of nomination of judges in German, Germany is too closely linked to politics. And uh, meanwhile, when I heard my colleagues from uh, Italy, I had, oh, yeah. I feel safe. I mean, I understand the, the system and I think it guarantees uh, the independency and uh, it, 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 uh, it uh, you know, th there is a check and balance in the system. And of course, I, I, I was convinced that our system also uh, guarantees, those days guaranteed, uh, the independency of judiciary. Uh, meanwhile, now we are in 2020, and the situation is totally different. Uh, when I hear my colleagues from Germany, I start to think, okay, maybe the system is not perfect, but still I can see that uh, you um, there is a process uh, in which the independency is saved. Yeah. Uh, when I hear my colleagues uh, from Italy, I, I think, yes, okay, you've got your problems, but still, uh, your citizens can feel safe about the independency of our judiciary. And uh, I would like to add that in our system, when you look at certain point of the pro uh, nomination system, you may you may think, okay, maybe you know. This one point is not uh, is not perfect, but what is it? Uh, I mean, uh, so what? Uh, it's only one one point. It's only one element, and uh, the meaning is that uh, at the end, the judge nominated feels independent uh, inside. The problem in Poland is that our changes of law are very uh, sophisticated, and. Uh, it, it, it's really a closed system. 
you know, because uh, it, it starts from the very beginning. Even the Polish uh, School for Judiciary and Pro uh, Prosecution, uh, the program in, uh, in this school is totally uh, dependent to uh, the Ministry of Justice. They uh, create the program of the school. They teach uh, the future uh, candidates for judges. They decide about uh, what uh, to teach them, how to teach them. And uh, then you have this uh, nomination process, you have the, the influence uh, of the National Council for the Judiciary, which is politicized. Uh, then you have uh, the pr presidents of courts who are chosen by the Ministry of Justice with no impact from uh, the judicial environment, from the uh, judicial community. And then uh, you have uh, the indirect impact of the Ministry of Justice on the on work of judges. And uh, you also have the problems in uh, the Supreme Court in disciplinary proceedings against judges. And this, the whole system makes, um, it, it's really closed. It guarantees that this independency of, of judge uh, will be really limited. It is under control and that is the, the biggest, the biggest problem and uh, the biggest threat in the system, and we cannot forget about it. And, and now I will uh, answer your question: How it is possible that Polish uh, citizens believed that judges uh, judges are um, a, a kind of casta, and that we are so far away from from uh, society? You know, just like on uh, a glass mountain, we live on glass mountain. It also the answer for this on this question also comes from uh, my meeting with uh, judges from Germany and from Italy in uh, 2016. When I saw how uh, judges in Germany work, when I saw my colleague Italian uh, colleagues at work, I saw judges could talk to people. There is a conversation between uh, the client of the court and the judge. Judge is not is not afraid to discuss with people who come uh, to court and who, who seek justice, uh, seek for justice. In Poland, judge has to stay silent, like, uh, you know, a blank page. We cannot, cannot say anything, we cannot give any hints, we cannot uh, give any opinions. Uh, the only way the Polish judge speaks is by the verdict. That's the only way we can speak to society. We even, we judges, even cannot explain the motives of uh, the verdict in uh, ordinary words. Uh, we, we cannot uh, address our speech uh, to the party, parties of the, to, to our clients, to, to the citizens, uh, in more uh, not legal language. Yeah not using legal language. And that was always a problem of Polish, society, of Polish judiciary. We were, yes, we were too far from, from uh, society. When I saw uh, judges uh, in uh, Germany, in their work, and when I saw my colleagues, uh, Italian colleagues, I, it was, you know, just brilliant. It was just like, wow, is it really possible to work like that? May I ask the witness not to stand up while uh, uh, during testimonies? May I? 
Is it possible? It occurred that it is possible. And it really uh, does not uh, uh, take away uh, the, the, the authority uh, of, uh, of my office when I, uh, when I am kind to people. You know, that was always a problem of Polish, uh, Polish uh, judicial uh, community. And now we pay for that. Because, uh, you see, the, the Law and Justice Party, they just recognized the fears, the fears of Polish society when it comes uh, to courts. And they just, just addressed it pretty precisely. Right. Well, uh, this, this judicial culture um, which, you, which you described, is, is that a part of the... Of the heritage of the communist era? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because we also had uh, the judges from Romania during this exchange, and uh, they they were in uh, their position was pretty similar to Polish uh, judges' position, and they uh, they couldn't do many things on, on uh, public during public hearings on, on court in courtrooms. And uh, so, so did we. <laughs> and uh, we also we we found out that that was exactly the idea of judiciary from communism times. I mean, this this was another strand of the government PR campaign: the emphasis on on the fact that the, the many judges used to serve uh, under the communist regime, and now thirty years uh, later, um, of course, it's obvious that. Uh, Few of these judges are still sitting on the bench, um, but now I, I, I kind of see how this this argument even has any traction in the public. But and nevertheless, um, uh, it's it's true that the transition to democracy is always a particular challenge for the judiciary. Judge Schmaltz, um, uh, Germany was facing the same problem back then, and with the judges of the GDR, is that still an issue in some in some respect in the judiciary? I. Don't think so. At least um, to my um, to my knowledge or what I have um, experienced. Maybe I'm actually too young for that, <laughs> which is a nice thing. But um, but of course I remember that uh, after the unification, um, a lot of uh, judges from from the western part of Germany um, went to the east to sort of start rebuilding um, courts, and I believe that has been a problem in the in the years afterwards because um there were too many people from the west um sort of governing or how like yeah sort of um being the judiciary in the in the east and that of course um probably did raise some questions with regard to the acceptance of the judiciary by the by the people in the east uh, so i don't have a i but yeah i think there were problems um but As far as I can tell, but I have never been um, I've never been a judge in the in the East, so um, I'm probably not the right person to ask. I would say that um, today these um, problems do not exist anymore, but I'm not an expert on that question. Maybe this is exactly the the point that um, there are so few judges with an Eastern German background in the in the German judiciary, right? I think it's a in terms of percentages is the lower single digits. Um but but generally how how important is it for the judiciary to be representative and to be to be a mirror of the population at large? Oh it's I think it's extremely um important. I think the judiciary has to be as diverse as the as the population. And of course we are not. Um 
we already have problems with regard to the gender balance, um, which is is very much okay in the lower courts. But as, um, as the higher you get, the the less uh, women are there. But of course, it doesn't stop with a gender issue. We have to get um, more people with different backgrounds, like um, from where they come from, from East Germany, also in the in the upper parts of the judiciary. And we need to have more people uh, who who have a migration background or whatever you want to call that. And um, and I think that is a big problem that um, the uh, the norm judge, if you want to say, um, is is white, heterosexual, and um, comes from a middle class um, background. And I'm actually a pretty good example for that because um, my 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 father was a judge, my grandfathers were judges, so I'm very much sort of like coming from a standard um, judiciary family. And we and we do need um, a lot of a lot more diversity because the judgments will always be better if um, there are diverse um, people. And of course, if you have a diverse bench, it's a diverse bench will have, I think, a greater acceptance by the by the people seeking uh, seeking justice. And then you will have people being able to talk to um, to those people in court um, because they have a similar they, they come from a similar background. Right. Okay. To conclude, um, I would like to ask uh, one question to each of you and ask you to to give an answer uh, to that question. That question would be um, the the dilemma that you need that, that you hand over the judicial power over over other people to someone needs to be legitimized in a democratic way. And and yet uh, this is the one way uh, how to exert control over the judiciary. How do you solve this dilemma uh, and, and what would be the best practice? Um, maybe Professor Donati, if you want to start. Yes, I believe there are two main kinds of legit legitimization. The one is technical, the other one is democratic legitimization. Technical legitimization uh, is based on the idea that judicial appointment uh, is a technical decision based on merits and capabilities of candidates, uh, which requires an assessment on legal and personal skills of the candidate. And in this perspective, political representatives' bodies uh, are not well equipped to carry out this kind of uh, assessment. So there is the idea that selection of judges should be left to expert, uh, expert panels. Uh, if we shift to democratic legitimization, that is based on the idea that the selection of a judge is of great importance for a political community. We see the U.S. experience, but you know, in Germany, uh, Article 20 of the Grundgesetz, Alle Staatsgewalts, Gate von Volke House, so the idea that you must somehow represent uh, the, uh, the people. And we as ENCJ always say that uh, independence cannot be separated uh, by, from accountability. Accountability and independence, independence are intertwined. So uh, otherwise, you know, the, uh, could, you know, independence without accountability could lead to uh, the Polish experience where the judges were seen as a caster and 
when politics took over control, take took control over judges, the civil society did not move. And on the other hand, so we have to find a good balance and between those two different systems. Uh, democratic legitimization aimed at obtaining accountability to society of judges, but also technical legitimization. So the idea that judges must be chosen based on their capabilities, even you know if they are chosen by politicians, but not on political grounds. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, Judge Schmalz, what would your answer be? Well, um, I want to come from a, from a different angle, perhaps. Of course, um, I, I very strongly believe in democratic legitimization um, of the selection of judges. And while I have criticized the German um, proceedings, um, I, and I, I think um, they're basically they're okay, but I think we need in the composition of the committee who selects the judges, I think we need um, a more uh, a better balance um, and also some uh, input or more input from the judiciary, but not too much because um, I think the, uh, the democratic legitimization um, should have priority. However, I think um, also with regard to judicial council, I think you, there's always danger, as we've seen in Poland, that politics will take over. If you have a if you have a, um, a party which leads the parliament with a bit, with a great majority, so I think to um, safeguard uh, the judicial independence, we also need um, to work on much more public support for the judiciary. As I've heard my colleague from Poland um, saying that the Polish judges couldn't really talk to to the to the people before uh, in in court. Um, I think, of course, that is a big problem, and we do, and we can do that in Germany. But I think we still need to work on explaining our judgments and um, explaining what the judiciary really is about. And I think we, in that case, I think uh, we need a, a continuing, continuing public debate on the role of the judiciary in a democratic um, society. And I think we also need the support. Uh, of the press um, with this. And I think if you have a, a form of judicial selection which uh, with democratic legitimization, and, um, but also you, you keep on um, talking about what the judiciary is, is there and that it is there for the people that is there to safeguard the rule of law, and if you are supported um, in that um, issue by the by a free press, I think that might uh, help to uh, avoid any author authoritarian takeover. Hopefully. Thank you very much, Judge Hednarovic. Okay, so I think there are two aspects uh, which are quite important. One is uh, to assure that uh, the system of nominating judges and uh, the system of, of judiciary is free, uh, is legally uh, free uh, from influence, impact of uh, legislative and uh, executive powers. If there is a relationship uh, of uh, profession, professional uh, dependence between judiciary and uh, the executive or legislative, then it may attempt to uh, keep relying uh, on the executive uh, for, for, for the future of judges. And this uh, may induce certain level of willingness to win uh, over further appreciation of the political decision makers. 
and this way uh, it will it will undermine uh, a lot uh, the trust in judiciary uh, in in, uh, in citizens among citizens. So that is one aspect, and uh, all European uh, communities are obliged to take care of uh, um, this legal side, legal aspect of, of uh, process of nomination of judges. But the other aspect is uh, this trust in courts uh, among uh, among citizens uh, in, in our societies. We all have to work for that, and uh, in Poland, it is really hard to uh, keep the trust uh, in courts when you hear when when the judiciary is so uh, so much attacked when you hear that uh, judges are communists just look at me <laughs> i am <laughs> 40 years old uh, and most of my colleagues are in my age they are 40 40s uh, 50s yeah uh, so um, they they have nothing to do uh, with co- communism regime. They n- have never worked as, as judges uh, before 1989. But when you hear it, when you hear judges are communists, when you uh, hear that judges are liars, that we are uh, that we don't follow the rules, that uh, we we don't care about uh, people's needs and. and uh, but uh, we are just we are just doing things uh, under our discretion, not following the law. You, you can hear it in, in in Polish TV. Then it's really hard to find democratic legitimization for judiciary because people just simply don't trust courts. And well, without this, um, judiciary needs uh, needs silence. I mean, needs needs um, calmness. Yeah. If you attack uh, judiciary so much by propaganda, then you will never get uh, the democratic legitimization for judges. Thank you so much. Um, we haven't even touched about, upon the, the the aspect of um, what Europe can do about all this, which um, of course is very much on everybody's mind right now with a, a report on the rule of law due any minute, and um, and and basically one of the few hopes left, uh, if at all. Uh, to to restore the rule of law in Poland in the short run and in other places. So many issues could be uh, touched upon, uh, but our time is up. And I thank you so much for talking to me about these issues. Filippo Donati from Italy, Christiane Schmalz from Germany, Johanna Hitnarovic from Poland. It was a pleasure and an honor to talk to you about these things. And um, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. And... Um, Yes, thank you so much and have a nice day.